I showed up in Bristol today, got a note in my mailbox. You have a package, which I almost never get. I go open up the box, and what is it? A box of five-hour energy, strawberry Strawberry banana, banana, tropical burst. And let me tell you, I am going to plow through that this week. Be willing to rewatch a movie. Claire, Claire, Claire. You can't do that again. That's not fair. <laughs> Please don't aggregate this. Willard, long range three. <laughs> Their defense is atrocious. I'm, I'm sort of the rock star. Right on the cowboy. People, Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. You know, we love China. We love no playing there. Oh, man, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? Bang! On the line, he has survived uh, a grueling NBA trade deadline. I know he was busy working the the phones, getting intel from uh, various league sources. Ben Craw, I know you're uh, very relieved uh, to finally have the NBA deadline behind you. How you doing, man? How's everything? Boy, going? Chris, talk about no bathroom breaks. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I believe that was the uh, the, the uh, actual episode title of uh, of a recent Brian Windhorst uh, podcast. <laughs> but um, let me tell you, that was my life. That was not just a podcast title for me. Um, as you know from our from our trade deadline, uh, yeah. our trade machine podcast, I had gone several days in a row without <laughs> bathroom breaks. And obviously, the 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 day itself, the big day, this past Thursday, yeah, uh, certainly didn't afford me any uh, opportunities to break that streak. Um, Jeez, man, you have a bladder that uh, you know. God, I just <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm not. I'm just not sure if I even if I even need to to do that anymore. It's sure. uh, it's kind of it's kind of liberating, really. Um, <laughs> So uh yeah wow what a day um what what a yeah, man. Oof, what, what, it, a, what a shakeup. It, it was a wild uh, wild NBA trade deadline. A bunch of stuff went down. Uh, I thought we would basically just go through the entire day, talk about some of the trades that happened, some of the big stuff, some of the small stuff. And then we had, of course, the uh, the Knicks firing Steve Mills, mm. hiring Leon Rose as their new uh, team president, and uh, just talk about how that could potentially shake things up in Madison Square Garden for the Knicks. Um, but yeah, man, where should here's we? Here's a here's a here's a, uh, a spoiler alert, Chris. Yeah, uh, the Knicks are back. <laughs> oh, baby. Okay, I'll just uh, we'll just I'll, that's just a little teaser. We'll we'll okay. obviously get into it further, but um, well, yeah, I'll just. Uh, should we start with the uh, the trade deadline? You want to start with let's the trade do deadline that. or the Knicks? Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, all right, man. So let's go through. Uh, why don't I quickly read through some of the uh, the the deadline deal days, and then we can talk more specifically about each one. The deadline um, day deals. Deadline yes. day deals. Here we go. All right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, of course, I, I want to. I think it's important to note that you know a lot of podcasts put their um, you know put their instant reactions out. Yes. Uh, you know the day after, but we here at at OTL we believe in um, you know sort of uh, processing, absorbing, mm-hmm. uh, marinating. You know, our, our letting our takes kind of simmer. Um, you know, we had a lot of uh, inf- new information to absorb. Yeah, sure, we could have gotten a um, you know a, a, a brand new podcast out. You know, just hours after the the deadline closed. But we decided no more nope. more prudent, more yeah. prudent, more wise to just uh, give it a few days. Yep. Let's see how let how things shake out. Let's let the let the dust settle a little bit. Yeah. So we've done that, and we will now offer a um, a more sort of advanced, evolved uh, trade deadline reaction here. Well, here it is. All right, so, uh, Ben, these these are the deals that happen on the day of the trade deadline. So we had Minnesota acquiring D'Angelo Russell, the Warriors receiving Andrew Wiggins, Miami acquiring Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill in exchange for Justice Winslow, James Johnson, and Dion Waiters, the Cavs acquiring Andre Drummond for John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second round pick. The Clipper, mm, Clippers acquiring, yeah, Marcus Morris, Isaiah <laughs> Thomas. The Knicks receiving uh, Mo Harkless, a 2020 first round pick, and the Wizards receiving Jerome Robinson. The Sixers acquiring Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third in exchange for three second round picks from the Warriors. The Hawks getting Dwayne Dedman and two second round picks in exchange for Jabari Parker and Alex Len from the Kings. Uh, Minnesota acquiring James Johnson for Gorgie Jang, 
uh, Orlando acquiring James Ennis III in exchange for a future second-round pick from the Sixers. Atlanta getting Scalabossier and cash considerations from the Trailblazers for a future second-round pick. Memphis gets Jordan Bell and a future second-round pick for Bruno Caboclo. Denver acquires Jordan McRae for Shabazz Napier. Uh, the Hawks get Derek Walton Jr. for cash considerations from the Clippers. And then on Tuesday, we had a four-team mega deal wherein the Rockets received Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a second-round pick. The Hawks received Clint Capella, Nene. The uh, Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, Juan, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, and Jared Vanderbilt, and a first-round pick. And then the Nuggets got Gerald Green, uh, Kieta uh, Bates Diop, uh, Shabazz, Nap- uh, Shabazz Napier, Shabazz Napier. Napier. Come Jesus. on, man, you're yeah. struggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Noah Bonley and a 2020 first round pick. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah, I think so. I think some of those pieces were later flipped again. Like yes. Jordan Bell didn't end up. Yeah, yes, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, at this point, people can look it up if there's uh, sure. any any question as to what happened. The uh, the real question is. Mm. Uh, what mattered, Chris? Sure. What, what mattered on uh, this past Thursday? Um, well, let me start with you. Was there anything where you were like, wow, that's a pretty significant move? And uh, th- no. Th- no. No. The answer is a, a, a flat no. No. Um, no. I mean, the, the biggest, like... I, you know, like obviously, like some significant players, cha- like somewhat significant players, change teams. But yeah. in terms of like what actually matters to, to the outcome of the NBA season, I think it's pretty undeniable to say like th- the most significant thing was our beloved Marcus Morris, Marcus, yeah, leaving a playoff bound, perhaps playoff bound New York Knicks, Knicks to go team. to a, I guess also a playoff bound uh, well, we'll LA Clippers. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was basically trading one contender for another right sure. there. You know, probably just wanted to get to uh, yeah. some some warmer weather, right. uh, get out of the the snowy cold in the in, in the New York area. Um, you know, that's fine. I don't I don't begrudge uh, Marcus that decision. Um, but so I mean, boy, what a complicated uh, set of emotions. I yeah, you know, it seems personally like a lot of it was about future considerations. A lot like a lot of moves that happened were about like hey, this could improve our team a year from now. We'll see how this guy fits in our system in a year from now. Maybe we'll think about re-signing this guy and take a look at him for a couple of months. But in terms of like title contending teams acquiring pieces for their playoff run, you know, outside yeah. of the Clippers, I'm not sure that Andre Iguodala ultimately is the piece that's going to make Miami uh, NBA title contender. Right, right. Is, is Iguodala and... Um... Uh, who's the other guy they got? Uh, um, Jay Crowder and Solomon. Jay Crowder, right? Are they gonna? Are, are those two guys gonna put them over the top? Like, right. I don't think so. Um, uh, you know, if they'd gotten Gallinari, which was uh, close to to happening, and then fell through at the last minute, you know, that might be a different story. Um, but even then, I'm not sure. You know, he would be a massive game changer. But um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Morris to the Clippers is like probably the most significant thing. Um, obviously, the Bucks didn't really do anything. They later on, I think Friday or Saturday, they got um, Marvin Williams off right. um, off off the buyout market. Yeah. Now, can you explain to me exactly how the buyout market works? Is it is it when I know that basically a team a player does it have to be a player on an expiring contract? Um, I. Th- think so uh yeah right that, and that was my understanding was like it's a player on a on an, on an expiring contract who basically negotiates with ownership and right. they agree to take some portion of the money uh with some sort of understanding that they'll be getting a new contract from someone else on right it. i got it so they so they basically say i'm gonna stop playing for you right. you don't have to pay me the re- the full remainder of the money that you owe me but you have to pay me some of it but right. then i become a effectively a free agent that right. is uh, like free to sign with any team if you know player a says to his owner hey i make 10 million i'm on the hook for 10 million dollars this year we're 50% through the season. You've already paid me five. That means I have another five million due to me. What if I only take two from you and mm-hmm. I, you know, you get to keep $3 million in your pocket with the understanding that I'm going to go find myself a $4 million contract from. Right, whoever. right, right. Yeah. 
that makes sense. I mean, that I you know a lot of people criticize the the buyout market. Um, this is like you know going off on a tangent, but uh, I guess it, it sort of like m- makes sense though. You're, for, a, you're a buyout fan. I n- no, not really. No. I, it seems it seems like a system that is just set up purely to help already good teams get slightly better, um, which is seems it's kind of, it's kind of like bullshit. But at the same time, like. You know, it makes sense for the player involved if they, you know, if they want to do whatever. It gives them a little more freedom, um, and it makes sense for the team involved because they're like, oh well, we don't have to pay this guy as much as we owe him, and obviously it doesn't help us to continue paying him, so they can kind of, um, you know, benefit. And then it sort of feels like a bad system, but where like kind of everyone benefits. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like it should probably be changed at some at some point. Yeah, it but, seems like one um, of those things where it's like a loophole that yeah. people are exploiting a loophole. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Marvin Williams so far is the is the only name to have moved uh, uh, off the buyout market, and he went went to Milwaukee, um, which I kind of like. I sort of have always liked Marvin Williams a little bit, and yeah. I sort of feel like he could maybe you know give them a solid ten to fifteen minutes a game. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that though, you know, none of the, none of the major contenders really, really did anything, which I think was like the bigger story. Um, you know, Toronto didn't, didn't move. Milwaukee didn't do anything. Philadelphia acquired two guys from Golden State who I guess like the bar is so low for like, you know, capable shooting off the bench for that team that I, I guess Alec Burks and, and Glenn Robinson, the third could be you know, helpful to them. Yeah. I don't know how many, you know, actual playoff minutes those guys would see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone who might, you know, if you're like a Sixers fan, you're probably like, Oh really? That's it. Or if you're, uh, I don't know, I guess if you're a Toronto fan, you're probably like, Oh, that's cool. Like they're actually going to go for it. You know, instead right. of selling off assets, that's probably, <laughs> um, you know, what, what the option they could have had. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, should we talk about? I feel like we need to talk more about Marcus Morris, though, and just how we sure. how we feel personally about having our our heart and soul literally ripped out of our bodies. Well, you know, I know this has been a very difficult time for you with Marcus yeah. leaving New York. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, um, that's correct. Yeah, you know, this was something I thought about a lot. You know, whether it made <laughs> sense for the Knicks to move on from their marquee. Uh, 30, what is he like? 31 year old superstar, Marcus Morris, yeah. who is a hard hat lunch pail warrior. Um, he is. He's a soldier, Chris. He's a soldier in Mike Miller's, uh, Nick army. And yeah, uh, he's the leader of the Nick platoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He has a massive walkie talkie that he, uh, communicates <laughs> with his, with his teammates with, he with calls, an antenna, he calls with an antenna that's nine plays. feet long. Yeah, he calls defensive assignments from the bench <laughs> with his walkie-talkie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he has fatigues on underneath his jersey. They're hard to see, but they're there. Um, yeah, no, Marcus, um, I don't really see how this team continues without him, um, frankly. Uh, they, I believe that they, as we record this, their, uh, w- their winning streak, which is their, their four-game, was it four or five-game uh, winning streak, which was their longest in like two years, um, was, just, was just tonight snapped uh, wow. in a double overtime loss to the Atlanta nice. Hawks. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's going to hurt their playoff chances, but I yeah. still think they're, you know, they're, they're definitely in the hunt. Um, so obviously I was devastated by the news, yeah. um, you know, in, in all of the, you know, different trade scenarios that you proposed yep. on our massive trade machine yep. podcast, which I encourage all of our listeners to go back and, and check out if you haven't yet. Um, you know, you would, you would include Marcus's name in some of your, your, uh, potential yeah. trades, Chris. And every time, what did I say? I said, no, I don't like Absolutely that. I need not. to, I need to get Marcus out of that trade. Yeah. <laughs> I need to replace him with another name. That's right. Um, I mean, so actually, a couple of them that I proposed, I think one of them was sending Mark Marcus to OKC and the next, the Knicks were getting an expiring contract from Andre Roberson and two Oklahoma city first round picks. Uh, another trade, I believe, was to with the Knicks in Portland. In that one, they were getting uh, they were getting um, Anthony Simons in a first round pick. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, tell me what you maybe, think. Maybe one had Dal- Dallas involved with the yes. with DeLon Wright coming back. Yes, DeLon um, Wright. So from, sure. from your perspective, what, did the Knicks get enough here for their spiritual leader? They, well, so, obviously not. So coming this back is, to New York is Mo Harkless and a 2020 first-round pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know I don't know what you... You know, he's irreplaceable. I don't know what you could have offered yeah. me that, that would have made this okay. Really nothing. Uh it feels a lot like Patrick Ewing, 1999, all over again. Sure. Um, but um, but here's the thing, Chris. I did experience a bit of an evolution. Mm. Um, oh. uh, you know, there, there's a, a progression to these things, as we know. Um, you know, as uh, as part-time therapists ourselves, yeah. um, you know, the, the way you, you deal with, with loss and grief, um, there are different stages. Um, so after getting over my initial shock and, uh, you know, just physical disgust, uh, depression and all that, um, I saw, I saw a picture on Twitter that suddenly kind of lifted my spirits a little bit. Okay. And the picture came from, uh, Marcus Morris's mm. official Twitter account. That's right. Mook Morris two at Mook Morris two. And, uh, and it was a picture of Marcus in the, uh, the LA Clippers, uh, this was just hours after uh, the trade went down, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously it was a, a photoshopped image because he had not yet taken the court for his new team, but um, but it was a, uh, I guess SI mocked up a an image of, of Marcus in yeah. the Los Angeles, the... Um, I, I don't, I'm just not sure exactly what we call this this uh, this jersey the the don't you know I'm loco essay edition <laughs> jersey right. uh, the the GTA San Andreas um, Grand Theft Auto uh, yeah yeah um, Los Angeles Clippers jersey and it's it's Marcus in that uniform making like this just absolute like you know like he's a member of the Dog Pound in <laughs> um, in 1994. And his caption is, they got a dog in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> not Hollywood. Not Hollywood. No. Hollywood. Hollywood. At LA Clippers, let's get it. And, um, you know, he's just in full regalia with his tattoos, and he's making just like a real a real gangster face. Yep. Um, it's the only way I can describe it. And, um, and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> there was a reply to that tweet from Montrez Harrell. Uh-huh. Marcus's new teammate, and uh, his reply was, "You got some more over here waiting for you, my G." Mm-hmm. With a fist and a wolf, wolf. emoji. I yeah, guess it, it's, it's supposed to be a dog, but it's if you had like the actual dog emoji on Twitter is like very cartoonish yeah. and lame looking. So I assume that's why no, the Montrez opted for the wolf. Yeah, yeah the wolf we, is we're definitely not for like a puppy here. We're no, no, no. Like we don't a, want the big, the big round no, cartoon no, with the with the big floppy like the, ears. The friendly puppy with the, the, no. the tongue. We want like an intimidating not, wolf. Puppy. Not that kind of dog. Not that kind of dog. We're talking about. A a D O G G or maybe yeah. a D A W G. Yep. Although Marcus did uh, miss one opportunity, he just spelled dog D O G. Sure. Which was unfortunate. If he had if he had gone full D A W G, I mean I would I would have lost it right there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Montrez says you got some more over here waiting for you, my G, with a fist and a wolf, mm-hmm. and then as if that's not enough, Kendrick Perkins chimes in <laughs> with just. He was replying to both Montrez and Mook Morris with just an "Oh shit!" exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation yeah. point, eyeball emojis. Yeah. And at that point, I was just like, "Okay, this is this is basically <laughs> Bad Boys. Yeah. Um, this is a '90s action movie." Yeah. And um, I am I am getting suddenly extremely extremely excited mm-hmm. for the Marcus Morris era in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I I sort of feel like maybe I can learn to love this man again, even when he's not wearing my sure, you know, my my orange and blue. Yeah, he'll um, always make us proud. I think he's always going to be a Nick. I think once a Nick, always a Nick. Yep. You know, they say that, but but in Marcus's case, I think it's true. I think yeah. he's going to carry the the garden protector uh, mentality uh, with him. He'll he'll bring it with him. Yeah. I think he's still a dog. I think he's always going to be a dog, but now he's just a dog in Hollywood instead mm-hmm. of in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think the Clippers. Um, you know what can I say? They won the deal, uh, and I am now a LA Clippers fan. I think Chris. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, wow, wow, wow. Big stuff. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot, a lot going on. Sorry. I just had to work that all out uh, on the record. Well, uh, do you want to talk about some of the other deals? How, how, what sure. was your reaction to the D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins deal? So again, specifically here, this is the Timberwolves are receiving D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, Amari Spellman, and going to the Warriors are Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first round pick, which is protected picks one through three. So meaning yeah. if the, if the, Timberwolves receive the number four overall pick in the 2021 draft. It goes to the Warriors. And correct. Correct. They also receive a. Uh, the Warriors also receive a 2021 second round pick as well. So basically from the from the Timberwolves. Yeah. So basically, yeah. you know, I don't know how. The, the, I don't know how you. Wait, feel was about that it. the one where the third team was involved? Was that or was that just a straight? Uh, yeah, that was a straight trade one. between the Wolves oh, okay. and, the, and, and the Warriors. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, I I don't know how you feel about Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman, but this pretty clearly Nothing. was like. You know the the uh, the uh, the executives here said, you know, we feel D'Angelo Russell is better than Andrew Wiggins, and he is so much better that you, in order to receive him, you're going to need to send us a uh, number one overall pick that is unprotected or is protected picks one through three. Yeah, well, in order to receive him, and also in order to saddle us with the Andrew Wiggins contract, uh, which is I would have to describe as a negative at this point. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good tr- good trade for, and I've and I've like heard a lot of like it's funny this trade. I feel like has more kind of like variance in terms of people's reaction to it, like the. I feel like the the you know uh, who won who lost is like kind of all over the map when I listen to like other yeah uh, NBA podcasts, but um, but where I fall on this one is a big win for Golden State. Yeah. Um, not because Andrew Wiggins is good at all; he's not, and I don't think he ever will be. I don't think they have any quote unquote team culture or system that is going to turn him into suddenly a um, winning basketball player. Um, I mean, if he wins as a basketball player, it's because of the three other people on his team um but um but that first round pick chris mm. the timberwolves are not going to be good uh no. carl anthony towns and d'angelo russell uh, as a duo are not good they are talented offensive players sure um they have no one around them at all their third best player is uh malik beasley jo- josh yeah. akogi maybe yeah. Um, yeah i just don't know how uh, I mean, I, I, I just don't know that um, having D'Angelo Russell as opposed to Wiggins is like the recipe to some level of success. Like, I, I don't know that like, I think their problems were much bigger than uh, Wiggins. And mm. I don't know that replacing him with D'Angelo Russell and in, in the process of that, losing your first round pick is right. like a net gain. I mean, here's the thing. My sources have, have informed me, Chris, sure. that um, that the move was really made to appease Cat because Cat mm. and D'Lo are boys, and um, I think it's it was all about just keeping Cat around and making him happy. Um, and now he gets to play with his his best bud, and and D'Angelo. Um, and here's the thing. I think that you know that could be certainly a, a potent offensive combo. Those two. Um, and I think that it's also really good and kind of like a necessary first step towards any sort of successful future to rid themselves of Andrew Wiggins completely. Um, so in some ways, I think that's like, a, uh, could be, a, you know, like on those two points, it's a win for the Timberwolves. But the draft pick, uh, so the 2021 draft, which as everyone uh, has pointed out multiple times, you know, might be the double draft, the the mythical double draft where, you know, five times as many uh, good NBA players are going to be coming into the league um, in 2021. Um, that, like, that pick could be, like, number five. Um, it could be, you know, maybe it could be, like, number 12. Um, but, like, the Timberwolves are not going to be fucking good uh, next season. Like, that's the that's the year that... Um, will that will determine that that draft pick? It's not like way down the line. It's not the next one. It's the one after, right? right. So it's next season. And how are they going to be? How are they going to be any good? 
fucking Carl Anthony Towns doesn't yeah, play defense. D'Angelo Russell also year, doesn't I, play defense. Yeah, I don't think in a year from now we're talking about the Timberwolves in some drastically different way than we are right now. And yeah, if, I mean, if they'll that's get a the case like if the Timberwolves are. Let's look at the standings right now. Um, yeah, and that they have their 2020 pick, so they'll presumably get you know a good serviceable rookie. But this isn't going to be a you know super strong draft. Everyone says so. I can't imagine like the, that's going to. The Wolves are uh, 16 and 35 right now. Yeah, um, they're you know if the NBA lottery was happening today, they have what the I don't know the third maybe the fifth worst re- record in the league. Um. I don't see how they're not in that position again next season at this time. Right. So if they're the fifth, but now worst Golden team, State owns their pick. Yeah. Which is, if they're the fifth. If they're the fifth worst team and they wind up with the number five pick in the draft, it's going to be going to the Warriors. And it's so weird. I feel like no one's really talking about. It. Everyone's like, "Oh, insane. what do we think about Andrew Wiggins? Do you think we can fit in Golden? Can he fit? Can he be? Can he be the Harrison Barnes uh, replacement? Right. Blah blah." I'm like, I don't think they give a shit about Andrew Wiggins. I'm pretty sure they like he was a throw-in. It was for the pick. Yeah, it's for the pick. They make (laughs) so I'm looking at the two contracts. They make basic. They make almost the exact same money. Like they almost Mm -hmm. have identical contracts. Um, So either way, you're shelling out next year 28 million dollars, whether it's to D'Angelo Russell or to Andrew Wiggins. Right. And so they figured if we're going to be paying this same money either way, why wouldn't we want this first round pick from one of the worst teams in the NBA? Right. And, and they know, and they sort of already know, I mean, obviously D'Lo and Steph didn't have a lot of time, what, nine games or something like that before Steph got injured, uh, where they could actually watch them um, coexist. But clearly that was never like a long-term viable yeah. like option. They play the same position. Also, They're both, Curry, ter- you know, Curry kind of liabilities Thompson, defensively. Yeah. And Curry and Thompson have obviously like, this incredible track record of success playing together. Yeah, so it's not like that's like, your backcourt. You don't need yeah. to mess that up. Like they're, no. th- that's a pretty sound, you know, thing that they have there. So why not, you know, gamble on a very athletic former number one overall pick at a wing position? Right. Like there's a good chance that Andrew Wiggins is no more valuable than like a you know a bench like microwave scorer. Sure. But there's a slight chance that he could turn it around and suddenly become some you know efficient and you know, defensively, uh, you know, actually minded, you know, giving a shit player. Um, you know, who knows? I don't really buy that, but there's a chance, you know, worst case scenario, he's exactly the player that he is today, which is like a serviceable, um, you know, third, fourth option on offense, um, who you probably, you know, don't want to play too much in the playoffs. Um, but that's fine. Uh, You know, again, it's the, I think that draft pick is going to be like really valuable. So, to me, it's a pretty big win for the Warriors. Yeah, like you said, they weren't going anywhere with D'Angelo, and like that contract wasn't, you know, like sure he's a good, he's younger, and he's like more promising as a as a prospect than Wiggins. Um, I don't know, but man. I don't see like, him being I, like. It's just one game, but like the other night in 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 his debut with the Warriors, twenty four points, five steals, three assists, a couple of rebounds. He yeah. shot. He has good games. Like he, he definitely like he can three for put four it together from three. Um, yeah, I mean, like eh, you could do worse. I don't know. Yeah, you definitely could. You definitely could. Um, yeah. So I think it's good. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm not like some like oh the Warriors are always like head and shoulders. You know, whatever late years ahead. Uh, you know, three dimensional chess. But in this case, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, yeah. You know, could they have gotten someone else? Some some other podcast was talking about like a possible Suns deal, where like uh, I don't know even know if this was this was like um, uh, uh, something that the Suns were like thinking, but like um, offering Kelly Oubre for for Russell. Mm. Um, like, could the could the Warriors basically have gotten anything more um, for D'Lo, who like you know is like a pretty you know obviously the Knicks were going after him. There was <laughs> at one point there was a. Uh, a little, a few rumblings that uh, that we heard from from both of our sources, I believe, Chris. Yes. That uh, Mitchell Robinson was uh, at one point Jeez, on man. the table for for D'Angelo it Russell. Like he was very much on the table. Yeah, uh, which is just great, fantastic, yeah. um, bravo. Uh, but yeah, so the question is like, could the Warriors have done better and like better than Andrew Wiggins? Maybe, but better than Minnesota's first round draft pick? I don't think so. Like that's going to be. That could be, yeah, again, if it's like one or two, but then if it's top three, if I'm not mistaken, it rolls over to the following year and then it's totally unprotected, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So they're not going to be any any better the next year. So if anything, it's either like, you know, probably <laughs> yeah. between four and ten, or it's like a potential like top five of the following season. So, yeah, man. Yeah, and by I that think it's point, a good move. it's like very possible. I mean, if they're as bad next year as they are this year, it's very possible in a year and a half from now. Carl Anthony Towns is requesting a trade out of Minnesota right. to the New York right. Knicks, at which point that draft pick is going to be even more valuable you know <laughs> yeah so, who exactly knows? Who knows? exactly um, yeah, yeah yeah uh i'm very very intrigued to, to find out how that how that hap- how that all uh, shakes out let's but, talk uh, about um the miami trade let's talk about cleveland acquiring andre drummond uh real quick andre iguodala going to miami with jay crowder and solomon hill the grizzlies receive justice winslow james johnson and Dion waiters uh, I believe James Johnson was later routed to the T-Wolves, and Dion, I believe, is being bought out if he has not already been bought out. So. Oh, God. Yeah, that's yeah. right. James Johnson to the T-Wolves. That that photo, I think Lucas, did Lucas or, uh, or Hobby send it, of the new Timberwolves players? Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just holding, holding their jerseys yes. up at the uh, at the press availability. Real, real excited. Just looking absolutely jazzed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be more... More thrilled uh, to be uh, to be wearing that. I don't those get colors. the Andre Iguodala contract extension, man. I mean, it's like this guy is how how old? He's thirty six. He's thirty. Is he thirty five or thirty six? Thirty six. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's thirty six. He's born. In- but I will say he looks great in a extremely tight sweater, Chris. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> uh, his photo or his video re- uh, recently, but. Boy, that those guy, that guy's uh, pecs are just popping, popping yeah. out yeah. of his shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if that's any indication, I think he can still play ball. Uh, I think the bigger your pectoral muscles are, sure. the better a defender you are, the quicker you are. Um, yeah. So the you know the uh, the faster your your second jump is with all that uh, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> massive uh upper body weight um so yeah clearly the guy's been hitting the gym uh, a lot in his free time um i hear i hear he's taking a lot of uh meetings a lot of a lot of board meetings sure. if i'm not mistaken is that right chris yeah, yeah a lot of yeah a lot of venture is, capital is there a, meetings a, a book a book deal in the works <laughs> um pretty sure so listen he's had a great season um I don't see how he uh, how he can't help you. Um, yeah, I would think that you would want to like at least get him back on a, on a basketball court before you give him an extension. Uh, but you know, I guess Miami's thinking, hey, we've got like a two to three year window here with Jimmy Butler and and Goran Dragic. And- I just don't get it, man. Like, so the the, the Heat give paid this guy a two year. They gave him a two year thirty million dollar contract extension. He's 36. To give you an idea, he hasn't played basketball in, I don't know, six months, eight months at this point. Last Mm -hmm. year, he averaged 23 minutes a game for the Warriors, and he put in five points a game with three rebounds and, you know, like uh, an assist, uh, half a block. I don't... But the team defense, Chris. The team defense, the the heart, the grit. Uh, the championship pedigree. I mean, he's a um, career thirty-three percent three-point shooter. Um, I, but in those clutch moments, yeah. he always, Chris, he always hits the shot. He's a clutch in those guy. clutch moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so okay, if he's clutch, um, then I guess that changes everything. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things these these uh, advanced stats, uh, these newfangled metrics can't measure. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't, I think he's going to be helpful to them uh, in the playoffs. I don't, I just I think don't understand the cost of uh, like giving up on justice Winslow to, I know, I know only, you love justice. <laughs> I love justice to not only acquire Andre Iguodala, but then extend him. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I have to imagine it was part of it. I almost have to believe that it was like, sort of a a handshake oh definitely part of the deal i where just don't understand the handshake at not. all like for me it would be like it would be one thing if you're like hey we're an andre iguodala away from being in the finals this year we're gonna have to give up this young great player we have in justice winslow but andre iguodala hasn't played basketball like i said in six months eight months and right you gave right. him a two-year contract extension at 15 million dollars yeah. a year yeah, it's a lot of money. It. That's the th- that's yeah. the other thing. It's not just the the years. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah, just ha- like giving up the young draft. It's not just giving up the young player in Justice Winslow. It's extending into the future with Andre Iguodala. 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe they really did think that the Gallinari deal was in place yeah. and he was just going to be kind of like a little icing on the cake. Like, I think when you view it as like their, you know, their main number one uh, trade deadline move, it doesn't look as good. But but if they had done some of the other stuff that they wanted to do, um, it would have made more sense. I don't know. That's all I can think. But I feel like a lot of teams that happened to a lot of teams where it was like, oh, they did this one thing, but they didn't do the other thing that we all thought they were going to do. Yeah. And now the one thing that they did uh, doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yep. Case in point, the yep. Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, man. I mean, how do you make sense of the Cavs acquiring Andre Drummond? Uh, no sense. Doesn't make any sense. I also don't understand um, how... No one, no one, including the Cavs, including the Pistons, including Andre Drummond, including every player on the Cavs or Pistons, no one is happy about that deal, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, man. And I just don't understand how... <laughs> None of the fans, no no, no fantasy owners, no, nothing. No. no one is like, oh, that was cool. Right. That was good. But- <laughs> Literally, everyone's a loser. But aren't there teams in the playoff hunt that could use, that could have used Andre Drummond and had as crappy a package yeah. to give up as yeah. John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second round pick? Yeah, you would certainly think so. Like, you I, would think that I don't know the Celtics the couldn't use Celtics a center. or the Mavericks or Mavericks someone would have used a center. Like even yeah. even the freaking Raptors who are playing Marcus Saul, but he's injured. Like yeah, I, I, I don't know. Marcus Saul literally has no more working hamstrings. Yeah, um, Serge Ibaka is like their their basically their one big man. I mean, I know Houston is now no longer interested in. Centers. Oh well, no, Houston could certainly certainly not take on. A, yeah, that's he's like seven inches too tall sure 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 yeah but uh yeah just really curious to me that uh that they would pass all these teams would pass but so yeah cleveland acquires andre drummond and now they have two starting level centers in (laughs) drummond and tristan thompson and it's very strange and also kevin love and and also larry nance jr who's like playing really well like getting like 30 minutes a night yep Dude, uh, I have to just say, as a as a someone who has fan- Larry Nance Jr. on his fancy team, who was just like putting up like gaudy stats, um, even before you know the deadline, and I was just like, oh man, this is it. And I like picked him up off waivers like a month ago, and I was like, man, fucking acquisition of the of the year right here. This guy's gonna bring me home the, the championship, and then. Andre Drummond and like tonight he got like 19 minutes and like two points. Yeah, and it's just like, eh, nice try, like. That's all gone. Jeez. That was a jeez. that was a pipe dream. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Um, yeah, frustrating. But like, yeah, and it in real like life, he's gonna pick up his in option. real life. It it's also frustrating. Like, I I can't yeah. understand. It seems like it seems like Detroit was just desperate to like just turn the page, and yeah, Cleveland was like, I think that like Cleveland was like, oh, we'll throw an offer at them that's like not realistic. It was like the ultimate like. Okay, yeah, we'll send them like a couple like waiver wire guys, like right. which they literally did, um, and that's so funny. and that's it. And like you know, the absolute like lowest of a buy low, right? And Detroit like looked around and they were like, uh, don't yeah, like, well, there's everyone, them, so. no one else has actually offered anything, so there's one offer on the table from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's Brandon Knight and John Henson in a second round pick, but I think that's that's all we have, so we got to do it. And like that was, I'm pretty sure that that's how it went down in their front office. Like I don't, I don't, get I don't understand how else. I think that like, <laughs> and Cleveland was just like, oh well, we don't want him, but I, I mean, shit. I guess if you're gonna give us like a former All Star center for nothing, like yeah, we'll take him. Sure. Like we don't, <laughs> you know, like for absolutely nothing. Um. And so it just seemed like a complete, like, everyone, everyone's, like, worst case scenario was just like, oh, yeah, all right, like, I, I guess mean, we'll they do basically it. <laughs> did the, the deal for a second round draft pick because Brandon Knight and John Henson are both expiring contracts. Mm. And so they figured we might. Well, and as- then the cap space. Yeah. Because Drummond was, was likely going to pick up his, his player option next year in Detroit. Which Detroit didn't want. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess I've heard like different things then because it sounded like he. I, I was under the impression that he was going to opt out of the contract, but now that he's going to Cleveland, it sounds like he's going to opt in. Oh, I don't know. I thought that the, the Detroit maybe. I th- oh, I guess it I was. If it was, was like, I think they were like, if right, because they were like, if he opts out, we get nothing, and if he opts in, we don't want to pay him. Right. So either way, we need to move him. Right. Um, and I think and also the problem was that they moved like, him if, way too late because they should have moved him. Yeah. 
if you he, know, last year. I think they're also like, if he opts out, Detroit was like, if he opts out, we're not going to realistically re- try to resign him. And if we know right. we don't want to give him a new contract extension, we might as well try to get something for him. And what they got right. was a second round draft pick. Essentially. Hey, you, you know, you could do worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not much worse, but you, you know, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's so depressing. And then Andre, like, as if like the trade itself yeah. and the, the the particulars like weren't just like soul crushing and like just sad enough. Yeah. Then Andre Drummond has to go on Twitter Tweet. and just like just have like the most heartbreaking like oh there's no loyalty like I, you know I knew this was a business but now yeah. I know it even more and like you just think of like oh wow he's going from Detroit to Cleveland like it's I don't I can't imagine like a more mm. like to have to like pack up all your bags i don't know if like if he has a family or not but like to to have to like you know moving sucks it's horrible i've done it a lot in my life and i hate it more and more every time i do it um no one enjoys it obviously but to have to do that to go from a terrible basketball team in a i mean listen i think detroit's actually a very cool city but you know it's cold and it's dark for most of the year at least during the basketball season and then to go from Detroit to Cleveland, again, I'm not, I don't mean to shit on Cleveland, but it's Cleveland. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, you know, it's not very different from Detroit in terms of uh, the kind of, like, you know, life that it inspires. Um, hey, I, you know, I wish him the best. I uh, hope it works out for him. Um, but, yeah, even, I mean, even more than the cities and geographically, it's just two shit franchises. It's just like, where are these? Where are either of these teams going? Yeah. Like, the answer is nowhere. Oof, oof. Um, yeah. Before we move on to uh, the, the news with the Knicks, I want to get your perspective on the mega deal that we got on Tuesday, which is Robert Covington uh, going to the Rockets, the Hawks receiving Clint Capella and Nene, the Wolves getting Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, and a 2020 first-round pick, lottery protected. And then the Nuggets getting Gerald Green, uh, Bates Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 first-round pick. Um, I I kind of love the Houston Rockets. Um, they're kind of my new thing, I think. Yeah. Um, I, you like uh, the small I, ball. I love any weirdness, any yeah. variance, any yeah, you know straying from the norm in in basketball, especially in this era when it seems like analytics dictates everything. Um, I love the fact that there's a team that you know whether it's it's dictated by a completely crackpot, uh, deadbeat, delinquent owner in uh, Tillman Fertitta, uh-huh. uh, or a general manager who's literally just trying to like burn down the building before he work, walks out. Um, I, I don't know exactly, like, you know, there, there have been conflicting reports whether whether these moves um, are, you know, the genesis is uh, um, uh, from from Mori or from Fertitta, but either way, it's amazing, and it's so weird and crazy, and um, I love it. I think it's great. I think that, you know, if, if you believe in something, if you have any kind of conviction you should absolutely like lean into it, um, triple down on it. And that's what the Rockets are doing. And I think it's awesome. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't, uh, but you know what? Like fucking go for it. No like, center. Do, do Yeah. No center. We don't need centers where we're going. We don't need centers. Yep. Um, we also don't need, um, you know, expensive contracts because we are poor Yes. and we owe a lot of money yes. to a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. And I, think that uh that we need to we need to pay off some of those debts yeah. otherwise we're going to be in in big trouble yeah. uh, i'm Let's talking about Tillman fertita yep yeah i i have a feeling that he's got some loan collectors breathing down his neck yep. uh, i, I fear listen. for i fear for him and for his family <laughs> uh i kind of see an uncut gems type scenario playing out for tillman you know i don't want to say it i i, I hope uh, obviously I'd, i wouldn't wish that upon him but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. he might want to watch that movie, take a take a little uh, little lesson from it. Sure. Um, but yeah, Tillman seems like he's uh, he's struggling a little bit um, financially. That is. Um, How do you feel about Clint Capella with the Hawks? Now that's fun. That's interesting. Yeah, I like that too. Um, 
it's it's cool that I I mean I almost wonder if like Capella and John Collins are going to be going for like the same lobs and like yeah. bump into each other, um, or they could just do like double dunks where like literally. <laughs> Uh, two men grab the same ball and dunk it at the same time. I don't know if that's ever happened in a game. Well, it seems like um, one of them is going to have to be more of a three-point shooter than they currently are, and I'm guessing it, the guy would have Well, to that's Collins. Points, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, and he can he can stretch it out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think it, I the, mean, the onus is going to be on Collins to be a little bit more of a perimeter player. I mean, fundamentally, mm-hmm. like he is still like a high flyer, lob finisher kind of guy. But if he can develop that three-point shot and really like refine that three-point shot, it could be, I mean, devastating with Trey yeah. Young and, you know, Capella getting lobs in the middle. And uh, It could be really devastating. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, you know, Herter's got a great three-point shot. Um, and uh, I forget who's like their current, uh, they have Cam like Reddish two. and uh, DeAndre. Oh, well, sure, Hunter. Cam and DeAndre. Yeah. yeah, those guys. You know, need, need a little time. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like it a lot. And that team now has so much rim protection because already Collins was like developing into a pretty good shot blocker. Um, and I mean, both those guys can are just so athletic and and like quick and um, you know high jumpers. So like, I think they're going to be real fun. Um, I mean, I hope that Capella doesn't kind of like slow things down or make them a little bit more, you know, just kind of like stagnant um, and and like stiff and stuff. But I I think he's the kind of guy that can, that can keep things moving and just, you know, grab lobs and offensive rebounds. But like, again, it, it, he's kind of like the same player as John Collins, just a little bit bigger. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how it works out. I just I hope because I love John Collins so much. Um, yeah, and I really hope he doesn't kind of like impede. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly disrupt his his flow at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, the more the more guys that that Trey Young has to uh, toss lobs to, the better. Yeah, I, guess. I mean, ultimately um, they're at the bottom of the standings, so I think at this point they just need like talent. Right, uh, and, and they, they did. They fit, they right? gave up a, a draft pick. Is that right? Or they, they gave have, have up a draft pick? I believe yes. They sent a draft pick. I believe to the Timberwolves, who are also mm-hmm. receiving Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez, uh, two right, guys that, that we talked about a lot. Um, yeah, um, I'm excited for both of those guys, man. I think they're both really. Solid yeah, players. me too. Malik looked amazing yep. in his first game yeah. uh, in in, in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, he uh, he's now a starter. Tossed right in the starting lineup. He looked great. Yeah, um, yeah, dude's an awesome three point shooter. And of course, like pretty... uh, Evan Turner, a guy that you, you know, oh my god, I can't an, believe Evan Turner. An entire 41 player trade <laughs> built an entire 41 player trade around. Uh, finally got moved to the Timberwolves. I know that's that's difficult seeing him moved in anything short of a forty-one player deal. Yeah, it's not you know it's not what I envisioned, right. but um, but I'm glad to see at least that um, you know I, I he gets a fresh again yeah. yeah and and I and I wanted to find out. I mean that was the whole um, you know sort of impetus for that for that forty-one player trade right. was to figure out what How? what was going to happen with Evan Turner, How and I'm glad to see that Evan he Turner. was at least moved. Yeah. You know. Clearly, I wasn't far off. Right. Other other GMs had the same kind of line of thinking. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do with Evan Turner? So, um, yeah, it was interesting to see see him, um, you know, be on the move. And then the Nuggets, um, the Nuggets got Gerald Green, Bates Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 first-round pick. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Um, Shabazz Napier could be interesting. I think the issue with them, as we talked about in our Trade Machine podcast, with the Nuggets was just they have so much too many people they have have too much talent uh too much young talent frankly i mean imagine having that so whose pick did they pick they they got uh the minnesota pick or uh Um, let me find out exactly whose pick it is denver gets houston's denver gets houston's 2020 first round pick um all right i mean you know it's not gonna be great but hey it's still a first round pick you never know yep um it's not bad um I mean, yeah, you would think they would get a little bit more for for Covington, but, um, but what was I going to say? Uh, what was the other team involved there? Um, the Rockets, the Hawks, the Timberwolves, and the Nuggets. But yeah, the thing with the Nuggets is just they had too much young talent that they couldn't pay. 
So mm. it's not that they didn't love these players, Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez. It's they couldn't give them minutes, and they right. also couldn't afford to pay them next year. So if they couldn't if they couldn't sign them, then they needed to move them for some sort of future assets that would have value. Well, there was a uh, certain prom king by the name of Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. who was. Uh, coming by around lunchtime and uh, taking their lunch money yeah. from them. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what happens when you, um, when, when you go up against a prom king, you're going to, you're going to have to uh, probably get shipped to another school sure. because yeah, there's only room for one. So I think it's awesome for Denver. Um, you know, lo- love seeing, you know, just more, more space and more minutes available for uh, for MPJ. Um, you know, God willing, he gets healthy. Yep. Knock on wood. Right now, he's just out with like an ankle or something. Yeah, right? is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course. Now, Ben. Uh, but b- before we go, we should talk about the Knicks uh, firing That's right. Steve Mills, their president of basketball operations, bring in Leon Rose, an NBA agent with CAA. He will take over as the Knicks team's president. Um, you know, Rose does not have experience in basketball operations, but it doesn't matter. Obviously, he has a deep well of uh, connections with star players around the league, including Carmelo Anthony. He was once there. You go. Once LeBron, that's the ticket. Once, that's so much more important than front the, office uh, experience, right there. LeBron James. Uh, LeBron. Once upon a time, many years ago. And coming with Leon uh, Rose, Ben, will be Worldwide West. Worldwide Wesley will be his right-hand man. Uh, Worldwide West was, a, I guess, a consultant with CAA and was sort of always um, known as kind of a, a, a guy around the league that just had relationships <laughs> with everyone. A, a guy, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Worldwide West, I need, I, I didn't have the time we're this weekend. We're going to dive on him. Yeah. 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 And we're talking like Sabonis level possibly, yes. like a three, like a two or three parter. I am so fucking fascinated by, like, you should be. this guy seems to me to be like the epitome of like the type of person that I kind of like loathe most in life. Who's just like, no one knows what he does, but he's just like there. You he's know, just like around. Did you watch the wire? And everyone, did you watch the wire? Of course. Yeah. He reminds me just from reading a little bit of like one of those characters on the wire who like, he's like just been around forever and has seen everything and knows everyone. And if like yeah. you want Intel on like what's really happening in Baltimore, you have to like pay him off and he could tell right. you like, that's the street you need to go to, to talk to this dealer who knows this person who can give you this piece of information. <laughs> like he's just like right. one of those like people that, he is just like the kingmaker of like, yeah. Uh, he's just like a favor merchant yeah, and yeah, yeah. and yeah, like uh, like an influence peddler like that. I I just I don't I like I, he is I kind of like like a guy who, from what I understand, was working in I think in uh, Cherry Hill and um, nice and became friends with Leon Rose who was living in Philly or North North Jersey whatever or South Jersey whatever it was and uh and I think Worldwide West was working in the shoe business and literally Ooh. like started making relationships with like high school kids and helping right. high school kids get set into good college programs and Right so that's the thing about him is that he's like in, embedded in like in not just the league but like every oh, no. aspect like the the business the AAU yes. circuit like yeah. all the stuff the but the scouting dude, the like, recruiting like all the like shady behind the scenes stuff that is like involved. completely off the books yeah. under the radar like not talked about yeah but that actually like makes the league like go round go round and also he I mean we'll save this for the deep dive but from what I read, like he was involved with Iverson's legal troubles when Iverson got uh, in trouble. I think oh, wow. once for marijuana possession, once for like gun possession, he was like very much involved in helping Iverson escape that whole thing. And wow. sort of became known as like an important person for star players to have relationships with. He was the person that got, uh, LeBron to leave his agent uh, Aaron Goodwin and sign with Leon Rose uh, in oh, 2003. Shit. Yeah, I, I read wow. something crazy like the way he got to LeBron 
was uh, he like formed a relationship with LeBron's uh, the the guy that was dating LeBron's mom at the time. I was gonna say, don't say LeBron's mom because yeah. that is the that's the, uh, Dude, the fucking yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah like so whatever Markel Fultz uh, yeah. strategy yeah, right yeah, yeah so I I read somewhere that basically um, okay according to this piece according according to a GQ piece. Uh, World Wide West moved into an apartment across from LeBron James during LeBron's rookie year in 2003. He steered LeBron to sign with Leon Rose. Yes. Moved into an apartment. So he, st- he stalked him. He stalked him. He, yes. He literally stalked him. He stalked him, convinced he camped, him to like, sign. Camped out, like fucking stake out Emilio Estevez, yes. Richard Dreyfus style. Yes. And was like, I am going to get you to my friend's agency in by Cherry like Hill, just New Jersey and <laughs> holy leave your shit. With Aaron Goodwin. <laughs> and the way he did this according to GQ was Wes buttered up Eddie Jackson, a former boyfriend and ex-convict of LeBron's mother, Gloria, by gaining access to, uh, to LeBron's inner circle. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. This is all right. It's incredible. This is now. This is the guy who's not going to be running West our, our is next. The guy that introduced LeBron to Jay Z. Uh, he is the person that is credited with uh, getting Calipari, John Calipari, uh, a head coaching job at Memphis. Who and then you know Calipari parlayed that into the job at Kentucky. Kentucky. Apparently, yeah. World Wide West is the person that may have steered uh, Derek Rose to sign at Memphis. Um, and Tyreek Evans to sign at Memphis. There's, it's thought that he maybe was influential in getting John Wall and Brandon Knight to go to Kentucky. It's like the guy, the guy is like, he was of course also the guy restraining Ron Artest during the malice of the palace, which I mean that like that alone, I want to do like an entire episode on just like, why was he there? Why, why did he feel it was his place to like step onto the court during all that? But it goes yeah. way back. I'm talking like Dude. way back to like Rick Mahorn, Two Live Crew. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, man. <laughs> Wait, you're driving a Rick Mahorn on me? I'm telling you, this is not. I'm not talking about like this is someone that like popped up in like the 2010s. <laughs> this is someone that like has been forming relationships in the NBA and in the sneaker business since the 80s. And Jeez. yeah, he's right. he's just like one of those guys that was always kind of hanging around in introducing people to each other. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And of course, I would assume the inspiration for the Twitter handle Worldwide Wob. Yes. Yes. Rob Perez. So anyways, um, point being, this yeah. is now the right hand man of Leon Rose, who is the guy running the Knicks. So I mean, that's got to be a good sign. I, you know what? Here's else, the thing, the Chris. The Knicks are interesting, you know. We've, we've been doing the rebuild now. We've been doing the slow, methodical approach, uh, you know, for what, almost, almost two, a season and a half? Yeah. Listen, it's not working. We need to scrap it. We need to throw it all out the window. Okay. We need to change course here. We need some stars, baby. Okay. We're talking, this is New York City, okay? This is yeah. Penn Station, yeah. Rockefeller Center, okay? This is the world's most fam- famous arena. We need to bring in some heavy hitters, some big names. I want the I want the stars. I don't want any more of this, hey, let's draft a player and develop them. Yeah. Let's get some cap space. No, 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 no. Listen, I want... Joel Embiid, okay? I want Devin Booker. I want Chris Paul. I want Carl Anthony Towns. I want all these players. And hey, you know what? It turns out who who are they all represented by? Leon Rose. Leon Rose. Yeah. 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 So I'm pretty sure that that's how it works. That, you know, once he's here, they're all just gonna come flowing in. Yep. They're all gonna come walking through the door. Hey, where, which you know, what number can I wear? What just give me a pair of sneaks? I'll uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be your starting power forward. I'll be your starting point guard. Yeah. You know, no, enough of this this Frank Nilkina, this uh, this R.J. Barrett nonsense. Nope. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not working. Let's scrap it. You gotta Let's, go get some stars. Yeah, it's time to go big game hunting. Yep. It's the New York Knicks. It's it's James Dolan. We're the garden, baby. Yes. We gotta, you know. Hey, this yeah. is New York City. We don't go for this uh, the small town, small potatoes bullshit. Okay, I want the I want the uh, the, the big fish. All right, right. we are a uh, we're we're a, a small a big pond, and I want some big fish. That's what I'm saying. All right. So all right, then. We'll, I think it's we'll I think it's all gonna work out really well. Yeah. I think it's all gonna work out really well. I have a good feeling about uh-huh. this. Sure, we lost. We lost our captain. 
We lost our heart and soul. Uh, rest in peace forever. Beautiful one, Marcus Morris. Um, now moved on to a better place. Be the radi- Los Angeles be Grand Theft Auto. He'll be radioing in calls, uh, defensive yeah. calls from the West <laughs> exactly. Coast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's you still got just, all the call signs. You just he's imagine still got... <laughs> RJ Barrett and Marcus Morris like on a tearful late night walkie-talkie phone call. <laughs> <laughs> calling, each, you calling each other by their code names yeah is this you sidewinder yeah this is me this is me big dog um yeah um i think i think hollywood, he's still gonna be hollywood one this is <laughs> hollywood one over um <laughs> yeah yeah i think he's, he's still gonna be a presence you know his spirit will linger in the locker room of course. um if I know anything, he's left a couple of markings, you know, um, Kilroy was here type, uh, sure. type, type markings sure. in the garden locker room. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, if, if I know anything about Marcus, that's his style. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, am envisioning really big things for the next, uh, with, so with these new power players in town. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know how, uh, how Killer Mike is going to, he's going to mesh with them. They might need to upgrade a bigger name at the co- at the head coach position. Um, maybe John Calipari. You know, I've, I've heard rumblings about yeah Calipari. Maybe maybe a Tom Cruise uh, for head coach the Knicks. I've I've uh, lobbied for that in the past. Yeah. Yeah, The Rock would be great in New York. I mean, can you let's imagine he would own here, he would man. own the city? Yeah. Let's think yeah. big. This is not the time to start thinking small. Exactly. All right, man. Exactly. Well, on, so. that, on that note, I think we should get out of here. Uh, have a great week. Enjoy watching uh, NBA hoops. And uh, I will talk to you next week, right? All right, Chris. A pleasure as always, my friend. My name's Chris Wendelgan. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show in Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. I will talk to you next week.